how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Colin and Samir Show. On today's episode, we interview Ty Verdes. Now, the way this interview came together is we actually tweeted out a list of dream guests, and Ty was on that list. We connected with Ty over Twitter, and then he stopped by the studio not only to do an interview with us about his story, but also to play a song from his debut album. It was a great time. There's a TikTok that Ty has where he talks about, like, if you watch this, he just wants you to feel 2% better. After we did this interview with Ty, we were glowing all day. We were just like so happy, so excited. He just brings so much good energy. And I think just watching this interview, you guys will feel the same way. When we caught up with Ty, he was weeks away from playing the main stage at Lollapalooza, which is a huge music festival. But a year ago, he was making TikToks and working at a Verizon store selling phones. It's an inspiring story about making it as a creator in 2021. Hey, before we start this interview with Ty, um, I have a question for you. This is a question that we asked our audience in a poll here on YouTube. Said, so what's the best way to drink coffee, hot or iced? It's kind of neck and neck. There's, there's a lot of votes on this poll, Colin. What's your answer? It's very weather dependent for me. Mm. If it's gloomy outside. But if you had to choose one, it was just like, this is it. You're only, you only get to drink it in one way now. Hot. I would go iced. Here's why. The thing is, when you, when you get a hot coffee, what? We're really keeping people from the Ty Verdes interview so that we can, <laughs> let me just, I just, we can get into me, the intricacies let me of just finish this thought, a hypothetical man. scenario just, where you have to choose between <laughs> hot and cold coffee for the rest of your life. So with a hot coffee, you get it. It's piping hot. That's delightful. But it's inevitable that it's going to cool down unless you drink it all at once. With a cold coffee, you can actually drink it all day because that's how it's served, cold, and it will stay cold. So Until long. the ice melts and it's watered down. Well, if you manage it properly, then that's not going to be a problem. Why would I want to have a drink that I have to manage for the rest of my life? I'm managing a drink. Well, the thing is the hot coffee you have to manage hot coffee, because you it's going to get... You just drink it quickly. You're definitely going to want to stay to the end of this episode because Ty plays a song right here on our set, which was just so cool. I definitely recommend going and checking out Ty's TikTok because if you scroll all the way down, you can start this story where he starts and you can actually follow along. He was really like showcasing this whole story on TikTok, which is how he caught my eye. All right. If you're new here, we're Colin and Samira and we do a show every single Monday about the creator economy. We interview creators like Ty. And now for our interview and exclusive performance from Ty Verdes. Okay, Ty. So I was listening your album this morning as I was uh, making breakfast. (laughs) And there's a line that stuck out to me from Fake Prophet. Mm. First of all, I thought it was one of the most relatable songs that I had heard. But the the first line is, the only reason I want fame is because I'm jealous. I love that. There's a line later that says, I want to be doing interviews about myself. (laughs) Are we fulfilling a dream right now for Ty Verdes? Well, to be honest, (laughs) I've been doing a couple interviews about myself for a minute. I just think that like in that moment when I was writing that music, it was kind of like, this is the, the job that I want, you know, mm-hmm. very like blatantly. And now that I'm doing it, it's kind of like a weird full circle thing. 
you know? But I've had experience with the public eye for a minute because I did that reality show, like, what, four years ago? So I had, like, an experience with, like, some sort of fame and stuff like that and people just asking questions. But now I'm here, and it's a lot different. Yeah, I, the answer I was looking for was, yes, we're fulfilling a dream by you being on the Colin and Samir show. Ty's like, no, not really. Ty's like, I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite uh, podcast setup that I've been on so far. Okay. So you guys got that. That's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear it. I think what's interesting is you'd say, like, I've wanted this career for a while. Yeah. And when I first heard your name, it was from Samir. Yeah. And he was like, you have to see this guy. He works at a Verizon store. And he just quit his job mm. to be a full-time musician. And that was like the headline of Ty Veritas for me. <laughs> and that's what I took it as. I was like, wow, that's like an overnight success. Like, that's yeah. unbelievable. Mm. But when you look into it more, there's like so many years and years and years in the making. Yeah. Which I man. think is just so interesting. And that's what I'm like excited about really getting into. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I got hooked on that storyline because I was just looking at how people were telling stories on TikTok. And mm. I came across that story and you were showing this living room that was separated by a curtain. And I was like, wow, this dude is just super open and just showing yeah. everything. And then I listened to the music and I was like, as I started listening more and more, I was like, the way you storytell, whether mm. it's in videos or through lyrics is so vulnerable and relatable. Mm. And it's like this type of songwriting and, and storytelling that I feel like really connects uh, mm. to me. And I've, I think obviously has connected to a ton of people. So. Yeah, man, I'm just blushing right now. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's zoom back. First of all, you said MTV reality show. Colin yeah. and I are big AYTO fans. Oh so we're my aware. gosh, we're aware. We're probably I got way too into AYTO yeah. for wow. a period of time. Yeah. Wow, yeah. hell yeah! yeah. 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 Colin. So actually, I have to admit, I haven't seen your season. Don't, Could, don't. I won't. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to change our relationship. You know what I mean? I don't want to. You know, but huge fan of AYTO for okay. I think the first two seasons. Mm -hmm. So let's go back in time here. Yeah. Where does the Ty Veritas story start? Start in college? Like, how did you end up becoming infatuated with storytelling, wanting to do this as a career, like you mentioned? I don't think I ever was infatuated with storytelling. I just wanted to try things, you mm -hmm. know? So I started when I was in college and I dropped out because I hated it. I actually got like a, I didn't even get a grade on my English class. I got an incomplete on my English class. And that's what, <laughs> and then the college was like, okay, you guys got to leave. You, you got to leave uh, Ty Verdes, whatever you think your name is. And then after that, it was more like, uh, I don't want to do school anymore. Let's do industry stuff. Um, and I've always wanted to do industry stuff just because I don't know, it's just more fun. And I feel like I just know how to talk to people and I've seen it like either comedy singers, all that stuff. I've seen it for a while acting. So when I actually decided to jump in, I did everything. I did a podcast. Mm. I did the stand-up comedy thing. I did modeling. I did acting. Um, and then I've been making music for a minute. So it's been like 13 years since I've been playing piano, guitar for four years, ukulele for four years. And now, you know, what happened was I started making uh, music with my friend a little bit, not taking it seriously, made it by myself a little bit, didn't take it seriously. But Ever since I moved to LA, for every four years, I went and like as a like a holiday or something, I'd go to uh, uh, America's Got Talent or The Voice, <laughs> and I'd like do a little audition or something. And the thing 
was is that I thought that I was good because mm-hmm. I was I've always had like a like a turn of phrase or like lyrics or like tell a story in my song. So I was doing that for the uh, judges, not the judges, but the producer that lets you to the judges. But it wasn't it wasn't good enough because my voice wasn't there. You know, you couldn't really feel what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So that's where the TikTok comes in, where I'm like you see me singing in my car. I sang in my car for an hour and a half every single day for six months. And after that, the first thing I recorded after that, like I didn't go in the studio while I was doing that. The first thing I recorded was stuck in the middle and then something to cry about and real world were wow. the hmm. three, first three songs. That's and then, crazy. Yeah. After that, I put stuck in the middle on TikTok and first video just blew up, but I had put other music on there, but I had not practiced my singing before then. So hmm. that was my first one that I was just like, let's get it. Let's go. And I didn't think I was the best singer at the time, but I was just like, let's do it. No one's ready. So interesting, especially how you, you said industry and mm-hmm. assuming that you're essentially just talking about the entertainment industry yeah, entertainment, as, yeah, as, entertainment as a whole. Industry. So at that time, when you first started trying out things, was mm-hmm. there one that you thought would take off where you're like, damn, I'm meant to be a podcaster or I'm meant to be a stand-up comic? Um, Which one did you like the most? To be honest, music. music. That's mm-hmm. the one I'm doing because it's the process of it. Like I did everything until it wasn't like I was, you know, doing it and being trash at it. I would get comedy spots until I got to a five minute spot, a seven minute spot where they asked me to come do it. Mm-hmm. I did modeling. Like I had a couple Nike modeling campaigns and then, uh, for podcasting, I was like, you know, I was making money on my YouTube podcast for a minute, but with all of those, I didn't like the process as much as I thought mm-hmm. people not laughing at your jokes hurts my soul. <laughs> I can't do that. I yeah, can't do yeah. that. And also like, I just don't like having real time judgment with songs, it's like, I can make this song and then people can judge it on their own time and I can have like my perfect performance, sing it in the mic as many times as I want. Um, with modeling, it just got kind of boring and it's like other people make decisions for you. I just really liked the fact that with music, I can make it myself, I can perfect it myself and I can put out whatever I want. Well, not whenever I want, but whenever I want. And just, it's me and my story and no kind of you know clutter in between, you know? Hey there. Hope you're enjoying this interview with Ty Verdes. Wanted to take a quick break in the episode to thank the sponsor of today's show, and that's Jelly Smack. Jelly Smack works with creators to get their content across multiple platforms to grow both their audience and their revenue. Jelly Smack is trusted by some of the biggest creators like Mr. Beast and PewDiePie, but they work with creators of all sizes. So basically, this is how it works. If you're a creator who makes videos for YouTube, you probably spend all of your time focusing on making those videos for YouTube. Correct. Yes. That is Exactly right. Exactly right for us. So Jelly Smack will take those videos and they'll edit them for platforms like Facebook and Snap, where there's actually a lot of opportunity for new audience and new revenue. Jelly Smack made over $100,000 for two thirds of its creators last year. And one of the best things about it from a creator perspective is that Jelly Smack handles all of the costs and it is at no expense to you as a creator. Now, if you're thinking, why wouldn't I just hire my own editor to distribute on these platforms? Jelly Smack not only has a full team of editors who specialize in short form content, they also have proprietary software that actually takes the videos and optimizes them for platforms. So it happens a lot faster than you think. So if you're interested in partnering with Jelly Smack, head over to jellysmack.com, click get in touch, and then tell them that we sent you. Put in Colin and Samir, that's C-O-L-I-N-S-A. M-I-R. And if that's hard to remember, we had someone from our audience create a jingle to make it easy for you to remember. And Samir. How about that? That's good. That's a that's good jingle. Good. Shout out to Dominic for making that jingle. All right. Now back to our episode with Ty. So you did not go to college in LA. No. I mean, yeah, I did. 
but oh, you did junior for a college. Short time. Yeah, yeah but your to, first time around was Babson. Yeah, yeah Babson. Babson. Babson College. Mm-hmm. How did you make it out to Los Angeles? And did you always want to? Are you from? Where are you from? Oh, you're I'm from, from LA. Oh, you're so from LA. I don't have like the glitz and glamour thing that people have for LA. Like, oh, I'm going to move to LA and yeah, I'm going to make I'm it. I'm also this from LA. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like an endangered species. Yeah. Like, not many of us out here. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say I'm from the East Coast, which made me curious. Like, what brought you to Boston? Well, I was playing basketball. I actually played basketball with uh, Donovan Mitchell at Brewster Academy. I was playing, uh, doing some doing some dribbling, man. I was, I was wow. killing it for a little bit, but then, you know, like I said, the process, I would see guys that would make it to like a lot of my friends or people that I've been connected to have made it to the NBA and playing with those guys. You can kind of see it. Like they do something on the court and they're like, yeah, you're going, you don't realize it at the time, but then they make it to the league. And you're like, Oh, that was the thing that mm-hmm. is going to make it just like if you hear a singer, like if you heard my song, you're like, Oh, this guy has something in his song. It's the same type of thing. I just didn't like the process of working out and stuff like that. Just not enough, I guess. And then also I did the whole, I broke my foot and then I'm not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. I would have made it to that, that type of shit. But other than that, it was just me deciding that I want to do basketball and school at the same time. So that's why I picked Babson because they were the ones that was the most interested in me. And also it was an entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship school. I can't even say the word, you know, (laughs) Um, and they had like a business class where you, they gave you $2,000 or like 4,000 or something like that. And you started your own business. Mm. And I was in the marketing part of that team. And (laughs) the first thing I did for that team was, hmm how can we get this to college kids? Cause we had a product that we were selling. It was like a collapsible coffee cup or something like that. And the first thing I did was, okay, let's, let's put it on Tinder. Let's give the, the coffee cup it's a funny. Tinder page mm. and message kids when they see it, if they swipe with it. Um, I got in trouble for that. Really? <laughs> yes. Huh. Cause they were like, we don't want our school associated with a social dating uh. platform. Right. And then right then I was like, this is not for me. That was super creative. Yeah, and guess who, yeah. guess who promotes on Tinder right now? So many businesses, yeah, you yeah, know. So yeah, I was yeah. like, you were, I was ahead of the curve, yeah, ahead of the curve, yeah. Yeah. Curves, man. But yeah, just feeling that situation in college made me want to go back to LA. That's so interesting. So when you came back and went to junior college, mm-hmm. at that point, were you doing industry stuff for money? Were you just still trying to explore it? What happens next? Well, I had always been doing content but I didn't realize it. Like I would make videos of myself playing the piano over cover songs. Like mm. I played like Migos on piano or like mm. something like that. And what was interesting was when I came back to LA, that was the first thing I started doing. I was like, okay, I need to take a picture of myself. So maybe I can get into a modeling agency because I just wanted, I just like the money aspect of it for doing very little work, you know, just trying to have an aesthetic and getting mm. paid for an aesthetic or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was more a choice when I got a internship job uh, at a marketing agency and then they didn't, it was just so boring. And then after that, I was like, this is what a nine to five job is like. I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, after that, I was like, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. And that was around the time that I knew I was going to be on, uh, uh, are you the one? So I knew that if we kind of knew in the back of my head, I was going to win 50 grand. So I was like, I'm going to use that money to spend time, like figuring out what I want to do in LA. So explain, are you the one to people who don't know what it is and how did you even find out about it yeah. and end up on that show? Like Damn. how do you end up on MTV? So basically I was in college. I was in college and um, one of my friends was like, oh, we're going to invite the girls over. We're going to watch this show. And I was like, this show seems kind of stupid to be honest. Yeah. Because what they do is they take 11 guys, 11 girls, they put them in a house and they pre-match them. I took like 500 personality test questions and they pre-match you guys. And you're supposed to find the match that they have selected for you 
but you don't know who it is when you're in the house. So you could be like, oh, you're my match. But in, in reality, it's this person over here. And then there's drama because this person could also think you're their yeah. match. And then now we yeah. have to fight who's best for who. And we all live in the same bedroom and mm-hmm. you know people having sex and stuff right. like that right next to you. It was a it the, was an MTV boom, boom, show, right? Yeah, the boom boom room. Of course, actually, I had my first. Technically, I had my first writing session. My first song I ever fully finished and wrote is on that show. It's literally documented on TV, which is crazy. Wow. Oh, that wow, perfect that's crazy. match song that I sung, yeah, sung yeah, yeah. that I, sung that I sang. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we, me and me and uh, my boy E Money, we were like in the hotel because they keep you in a hotel for, I don't know, like two weeks or a week and a half before I think they do it to like uh, restrict you from dopamine. So then when you get in the house, it's like dopamine just overflow because you're in the house and there's like 11 girls and all like hot. And then you're like, (laughs) Oh, there's a mansion. And now you, and now you're supposed to just party and they give you alcohol. So that feels like a dopamine burst to me. But yeah, that was my first song that I had ever finished and sang, you know? Uh, and how I got on the show again was after uh, my friend was like, oh, this is a cool show. You win money. In the back of my head, I was like, ooh, if I could just get casted, then it would be over. I could just live in this house rent free, which is also I did this all for money, guys, like literally all for money. Because <laughs> I went my, after I came back from college, my parents were like, no, we're not supporting you at all anymore. Did you each win $50,000? Is yeah. that how it works? Yeah, everyone wins a million dollars and then you split it oh, right. two ways. Be- because you yeah. all found your perfect match. Exactly. exactly. And was that real? Like at the end, like you actually all did it? Or were they like, hey, Ty, it's, that's No, no, that's it hard. was real. So the thing is, seasons have lost before. Yeah. It's just that like with us, I didn't think that two seasons could lose in a row because just for from a viewership standpoint, then I would be, that's boring. Yeah. You know? Also, the process has to work. Yeah. And right? Right, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah true yeah. love is real. Yeah, 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 when you exactly. scan your hand on that thing and it's yeah. like, do, What's that called Don't worry, man. I have no idea what that's called. I literally was, during the show, I didn't do anything. I, when I, I had the mentality of like, I don't want to have sex on TV when I came, when I went on the show because I knew I was going to be doing this. Yeah. But I could, I could. You knew you were going to be doing the Colin and Smear show. So you're like, I can't have sex on TV and then go on those Those guys are watching AYT right now. (laughs) Right. And I can't do that. That's exactly what I was like. I literally was like, I'm going to be famous, more famous than this. I need to not do it. So when the girls would come up to me and then everyone was like flirting and stuff and having fun and drinking, I would just be like, yep, this is cool. This is cool. But I just made fun of people. And that's a lot of my clips on the show are they're like B-roll clips of me going like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all it is. So how far did the $50,000 take you? So it was like two years. And then at the end of the year and a half, I w- started searching for a job. I worked at this, um, uh, I think it's like called Gentle Monster. And I worked there for four months. It was my least favorite job I've ever had, but I needed money. Mm. And I would literally call my mom on my lunch breaks and be like, yo, I don't know if I can do this again because they make you stand and not sit down because it was a luxury place. You had to wear all black all the time. What was it? What was Gentle Monster? It was a sunglass brand. It was like uh, a luxury uh, sunglass uh. brand. Oh, in yeah. downtown. In downtown. Yes. Yeah. I lived we right We walked next in to there it. one time. Remember <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, like really yeah. scary? Yeah, there's all yeah. these monsters? Exactly. Yeah, very confusing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So in that store, that's when I figured out that my nine to five, like, is not gonna work, you right. know? And then I started getting money from that job. And that's when I started getting tired and my legs and my knees were started hurting. That's when I applied for Verizon job. Mm-hmm. And now you see when TikTok gets put Got in it. there and I started uh, marketing myself on TikTok probably two to 
two months into that job. I think those jobs are so important though. Yeah. Like having oh, the yeah. job that shows you what you don't want to do. Right? Yes. Like when I graduated from college, I was working at the front desk of a hotel, <laughs> standing on my feet 40 hours a week. And that I was like, I hate this. Yeah. But after work, I would pick up my camera and start filming and telling stories. So I was like, mm. well, clearly that's what I want to do. Yes. Right. And I think yeah. it's so important to have those jobs so you know what you don't want to do mm. and it reveals what you do want to do. Exactly. Well, you have to know the alternative mm -hmm. because if you're working late at night, mixing a song or editing a song or writing a song mm. in the back of your head, you have to know the alternative sucks. Yeah. You have to be like, damn, I do not want what's on the other side of this. If yeah, this yeah. doesn't work. So I have to make this work. Yeah. You know, and that's really important. So $50,000 takes you, you said two and a half years, yep. right? You, you have a couple of odd jobs. You start mm -hmm. working at Verizon. Yes. Is that around the time that COVID hits? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that. Um, what happened? I forgot was, about that pandemic. Yeah, that yeah. 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 yeah, dude. That Me was too. Sometimes time. I almost forget about that. Yeah, yeah, dude. The reason why my Verizon job was so easy and I could like make content at the store is because people were scared to go into the sure. stores. Mm -hmm. Of course. But I was technically an essential worker. Um, because you use your phone every single day and some people can't get their phone open or they drop their phone and they need to get a new phone. So Verizon workers are essential workers. And it was cool to see how people use their phones, you know, like old people versus young people versus kids versus like middle-aged people. They all use their, phone, their phones differently. And I think that was cool because I like phones. I'm like kind of a yeah, nerd. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I think I read um, a quote from you one time that said, if anyone saw your screen time, it would give them a heart attack. Oh no, they, yeah, I'm definitely damaging my brain. Definitely <laughs> damaging my brain. I need to stop, but not today. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at the Verizon store, like, did it also give you time to write songs? Were you doing music at that time? What, like, yeah. Were you afraid when the pandemic hit that like you would lose opportunities or you would lose momentum? People didn't go anywhere. You just have to yeah. reach them differently. I think that I was never in the industry like that. I think that if you were a touring musician, like I don't know if you guys remember this, but a reason why there was a vacuum of music and TikTok kind of blew up and like the radio changed and even now the radio changed, like Build a Bitch is on the radio yeah. right mm -hmm. now. You know, like my song's on the radio right now. Backyard Boy's on the radio. Mad at Disney's on the radio. Just because people like Sam Smith and Katy Perry and, and all these people that were like big names, they just didn't release music for a while because it, it was kind of, is this socially insensitive to be like, come check out my album mm -hmm. when people were like dying and stuff like that. And that is totally valid for somebody of that like A-list tier. You should probably not be distracting attention from the pandemic, but for someone who's just starting up and TikTok is out, definitely put your music out there, you know? So there was a vacuum from these, um, these A-list artists. I started promoting and the type of promoting that TikTok induces is very genuine and organic. So you can get to know people if you use it right. It was like right time, right place. And I just kept making content like every day, responding to every single comment. That was a big thing was responding to every single comment I had time to mm -hmm. at Verizon. I would literally sit for maybe four hours straight. No one would come in the, the door and I would just respond back to comments. I still do that now. Like if you, you if you're watching this, I probably responded to a comment of yours. Wow. And is that pre stuck in the middle coming out that you are responding to comments? You no, are, no, no, no. That was this after. Is post. Yeah, this is post. This is like, this is when I've had like a couple of viral videos and then now I'm still at the Verizon store. Dude, I was at the Verizon store for a minute. Like I had like yeah. all the record labels calling me while I was slanging phones. I was in like my break room <laughs> and, and like Capitol Records would call me and be like, yeah, so we really like stuck in the middle. You got your demos? Like any other demos? I had like eight other songs at the time. Um, now I've got like hundreds, but this wow. is wild. So leading up to stuck in the middle mm -hmm. coming out, like, yeah. are you a student 
of TikTok consuming it a ton. Like how did it get to the point <sighs> where you make stuck in the middle and then you release it the way you did, which was saying like, if this gets a thousand likes, I'll release the song tomorrow. Like bring us up to speed with how stuck in the middle even came out. So I was using TikTok for a minute and putting like my drafts of songs on there, but I would watch other people go crazy on TikTok. Claire Rosencrantz, like I said before, I saw her do that video with Backyard Boy and she like makes music with her dad. And then I heard it on the radio and then I was like, oh shoot, this is crazy. Then yeah. I saw Curtis Waters do it with Stunnin'. And I was like, these people are absolutely, I've never heard of them before. I don't know how long they've been doing music, but now I know who they are. I know what they look like and they're on the radio. That is insane. Mm -hmm. I yeah. know what I feel like no one is still no one is giving the appreciation of what that what that is. Being on the radio is one of the hardest things that you can do ever. It's like being in like a major motion picture movie because you're not competing against like your peers or like Katy Perry. You're competing against like ACDC still. You're competing right. against <laughs> everybody that made yeah. a good song. Not a good song. You're, you're competing against everybody who put out their best song is on the radio right now. Like mm -hmm. Neon Trees and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know? So that was amazing to me. And when I saw that, that the platform TikTok could do that by just being this good idea machine where from consensus of, of like human opinion, you get shared things. And then from that sharing, it goes wider and wider from different circles that might not ever even take a second glance at the type of content that you're putting out. That's what I was interested in mm -hmm. because there's not another platform that you can post something and not click a single setting in your, in the back end, and be like, okay, I want this to go to this person, this person, this, it just goes, it does it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it does the work for you. That's why when artists don't use TikTok, you just don't want it, man. You just really don't want it because it's so easy. You just literally just play your song, just play your song, and then it goes. I told this kid named Slush Puppy, who I just met, he's an awesome guy. And if you look at his type of music, it's, it's um, hyper pop. And, you know, hyperpop isn't as genuinely accepted on like, you know, platforms as it is right now. Like you have newer artists doing hyperpop and it's going crazy. But he was like, man, I'm just, I'm just shy. I don't want to, I don't want to get up there and sing my song. And I was like, dude, if you sing, cause he showed me a song. If you sing this song, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, his you're, song, you're his lyric, star, man. if you yeah. guys, you guys can go watch right now. It's like, it's like, um, eat, spit, get dicked with the lights on. And I was like, if you put that on TikTok tomorrow in your car, it's going, it's going crazy. And he's like, really, man? I don't know. Check his page. It's like a million views right now. Wow. So it's mm -hmm. like, you just have to say the lyric. Just literally say what you're trying to say. You're going to perform anyways. You're going to perform on stage. You think it's I'm going to try saying that lyric on yeah. TikTok and <laughs> yeah. see, see how it works. Yeah, just be yeah. like, this is my song, remix. Yo, what's up? Uh, eat dick. What, what was it? Stop you there. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, stop yeah. me there. Stop me yeah. there. Yeah. That's good. All right, I think bad. you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 Less words, just as powerful. Yeah. <laughs> That's, <just> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the second verse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, so um, the interesting thing is that like the game of TikTok is, at least from, from my vantage point, is you're taking a bunch of shots. Oh, for right? sure. Like you're man. taking a bunch of shots in a day too. Yeah. It's like, how many shots can you take in a day? Mm. And I think even the difference between you and your friend that you just mentioned mm. is that you've taken so many shots in your life yeah. up to that point yeah. that you were prepared to say, I don't mind taking eight shots a day on TikTok, even if all eight are failures. I think that someone, I don't know if it was in the heavens, or it was someone in the industry was like, I'm going to make a perfect app for Ty Verdes. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's perfect for me, because yeah. for the videos that don't go, 
it's not like they're bad videos or even if they are a bad video, no one gets to see it. But the viral ones, everyone gets to see. So it's basically yeah. like if I have a really good story, everyone's going to see it. If I have a okay story, not everyone's going to see it. So it's like, why not just try to make as many stories as possible? And then the good ones will be seen by everyone. So you have this crazy mm-hmm. first impression that like the only ones, like I have people on TikTok commenting right now that are like, I remember you from the Verizon store. That yeah. was like a viral mm-hmm. video. And then, oh, I remember you from the drugs video or now the stuck in the middle video. Then we would have some cute kids and then A-OK. Right. Damn, I, I, I've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, you have been. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's how I found out about you. Hell yeah. Is, right? It was on my For You page. Oh yeah. And I was like, hmm, this guy's interesting. And the cool thing was I could then go back and have this whole library of your yep. life that I felt like I was watching essentially the same version of like a vlog. Yes. Like a daily vlog, but mm. I was watching you go through this experience. And the cool thing was that I was able to turn to Colin and basically regurgitate the story because you had, mm. you had so much library content that was easy to grasp onto that. I was like, <laughs> here's the story yeah. of this guy, Ty Veritas, right? And that's, what's powerful is not only that the single video can go viral, but that someone can watch it and then turn to a friend and word of mouth then takes it further. And now yeah. when you add music on top of it, what's mm. interesting is there's no cap on music consumption. There's a mm. cap on video consumption. Like this show right now, mm. if you're a massive fan of us and or you, people will watch it one or two times. Yeah. But I've listened to the song Drugs probably a hundred <laughs> times, right? And there's no cap on consumption there. All I need is to get connected to you once and then you could be in my Spotify playlist forever. Yeah, exactly. And that's a huge deal, I think, from a content perspective mm-hmm. that, that music has an advantage over video. I do want to say, though, that one point about how you were able to yeah. tell me the story mm. because Ty was telling his own story. I feel yeah. like that's super important. Like we always say, like, if you don't tell your own story, no one else will. Exactly. And I yeah. think that's huge that like multiple times on your TikTok account, you're like, all right, here's my story. Here's yeah. this part of the story. Here's that part of the story. Mm. Right. Like, exactly. And that's like, here's a recap of 2020. Mm. That's so yeah. important that like it starts with you because you control the narrative and mm. then everyone else gets to spread it. That's another thing for artists. Like artists always say, no one's going to be able to understand me then get on TikTok and make them understand you. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like I make weird music. Like I'm a weirdo. Like uh, it's, it's vibey, lo-fi, hip hop, punk rock. Then just say that. I've seen so many videos, yeah, yeah. vibey, hip hop, punk rock, shit, whatever. And then they play the song. It's awesome. And it has a million streams on Spotify now. Right, right, right. So easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were asking me how I started posting. I was actually using it for like workout everyday videos. Like I did a 30 day challenge where I okay. went to the gym every single day. Yeah, you've done some shirtless videos. Yeah, you know, got to pop the top Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I was like trying to like motivate, motivate people in that way because I hadn't gone to the gym um, for an entire year, the year before that, because I was just like struggling in general with, you know, mental stuff. So when I started doing it again, uh, I was like, let's share. And then a couple of my videos went like 30,000 views, 100,000 views. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is not what I want to do. I just don't want to do workout videos. That's a lot. I don't want to be sweaty holding my phone all the time. <laughs> but yeah, when I started doing music, it was like this right away connection to people being so positive. TikTok is really positive when you first, especially if you're being genuine, it's super positive, you know? Um, it's not like YouTube where the first comment is like, you suck. Yeah, I mean, that's very much what YouTube is. Yeah. <laughs> so almost exactly a year ago, Stuck in the Middle, like completely took off, right? Yeah. 2020. Mm. Can you talk us through that song? Like, where does that song come from? And why was that the first one that you really mm. kind of put out? Well, I thought it was my least strongest out of the three songs that I had made. It was mm. st- stuck in the middle, something to cry about in real world. And I was like, okay, 
And then I have another one called Lifesaver that I just was like, eh, I was iffy on. But with Stuck in the Middle, I wrote it the fastest. It was on my uh, little like side balcony. And I had just regurgitated what a girl had said to me, like, you're a player and I bet you got mm -hmm. hoes. And my brother had just called me the uh, day before, not the day before, but like the week before. And he was like, you know why people listen to music? Because the first line usually hooks them into listening to the song, especially if you're a new artist. Like Justin Bieber can get away with saying in his first line of a song, I love you so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, Justin, <laughs> Justin, you said that pretty good, Justin. Yeah. I can't say that because mm -hmm. I'm Ty Veritas and nobody knows who I am. But mm -hmm. if I say you're a player, aren't you? And I bet you got hoes. Then it's like, okay, what's next Ty Veritas that I've never yeah, yeah. heard before? Like wow. for songwriting, you have to, have to say what's next. And that's like any, any, any song that you think about, if the, the reason why you're listening to it, especially if it's a newer artist, it's like, what's next in the story. And I think because I had, you know, experienced storytelling in general, I just tried to impl implicate that way more in my songwriting. Like with, we would have some cute kids. Okay. What's next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do drugs. What's, what's next. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's always what's next. And then either that or like sit being really vulnerable, like with my song feeling this bad, never felt so great. Like the first line of the second verse is I miss the sex. What's next? Yeah, bro? What are you yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah, after that? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you have to you have to build tension in them, like a release, mm -hmm. tension release in your songwriting. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's like straight from some of our videos about yeah. just like storytelling in general. Yeah, of like yeah, that yeah. act one, the setup yeah, yeah, is yeah. the most important part of mm -hmm. all types of art. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's yeah. that what's mm -hmm. next, like that tension like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same for creating a TikTok. Probably exactly. even the reason that Ooh. you were that yeah. you were same like thing. You know, if this gets a thousand likes, I'll release the song. Exactly, that's an Tension. act one. Yeah, there's that. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, all right, yeah, let's see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock says the difference between a good comedian and a bad comedian is the premise of the joke. Mm -hmm. If you have good mm -hmm. premises, and I think that's the same with songwriting. Like, if your premise is strong and unique, then it's hard to write bad lyrics. You know, because just to, just to go back to another one of my songs, we would have some cute kids. There is not another song in the universe right now that has ever been created called we would have some cute kids yeah. so any line that i think of in that world is automatically going to be first of all easier to write because no one's doing it and then three it'll be a story because you need to explain why you said that premise if you're mm. explaining it right yeah you yeah, know? yeah so that's that's my songwriting not tips. only are that first of all i love that yeah. uh, that observation is very much like from a comedian's lens too yeah. right of something that like we would have some cute kids is definitely something that a lot of people think yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you put it out there, right? Yeah, and that's like exactly. what comedians do. They like mm -hmm. highlight things that people think about, but that no one has said. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Especially when you're live storytelling, like a comedian mm. does in a room, your job is literally to fill that room with tension mm. and then release it and actually do that at disproportionate levels mm. throughout the show so that people have smaller releases at times, bigger releases at mm. other times. So they're always on the edge of their seat of like, what type of release am I going to experience next, yeah, right? So exactly. everything is it's familiar and different all at the same time throughout mm -hmm. a performance. And we think about that yeah. in our videos. That's so interesting, but not only are those premises really good, but they're mm -hmm. also like Colin said, they're relatable. Like I remember when I heard stuck in the middle, I was like, I like this song. This is cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think there was a thought in my head of like, cool, mm -hmm. this dude's got one song. Mm -hmm. Did you have any fears around that? Like what was the mm -hmm. feeling of stuck in the middle going as big as it did yeah. Cause it went number one on Spotify viral charts. Correct. Yeah. 
while, I mean, you're, was, while was, you're working at Verizon. Yeah, while yeah. I was working at Verizon. Yeah. I would like watch it. I, I didn't even watch it. The first, it entered at number one. And I was like, whoa, first of all, I don't yeah. know how this chart works or yeah. what this number one <laughs> thing is, but that's cool. Yeah. And after that happened, you know, a lot of, you know, people from the entertainment industry started hitting me up and be like, yeah. okay, who are you? What do you got? Like, what's, what's happening with your world? But th the pressure was not really there for me because I had other concepts that I had been working on that were like out there just like, um, you're a player, aren't you? And I bet you got hosed. So I was like, if they like this, they're gonna, they're just gonna mess with all the other stuff that I've been writing. And I had written drugs at that point. The first like four songs me and Adam did was, it went drug, well, we did one first song that was trash. And I was like, I don't know if I wanna keep making music with him, but he was so cool as a person that I was like, we gotta get back in because I just wanted to hang out with him. And then we wrote drugs. <laughs> and then we wrote, we would have some cute kids. And then we wrote feeling this bad never felt so great all wow. in a row. Mm. So it was like kind of just building off of that mm. first, um, you know, kind of just opener session of just like, okay, let's get a song out. And then now let's start really dialing in on what's gonna happen. What was the feeling of a song taking off? Like, I know you heard mm -hmm. it on the radio as well. I know like that's gotta feel crazy, right? Like a song taking off. Yeah, it was kind of surreal because I could see that when TikTok was going well, Spotify was going well, you know? Mm -hmm. So the transfer of TikTok followers to Spotify followers, I don't think has been seen in social media yeah. ever where someone can see something on TikTok, go back to the home screen, go to Spotify, listen to the song if they want to. That was not happening on Instagram. That was not happening on Facebook. It was only TikTok where that was happening. So I focused all my time on that. I was like, okay, if this is the one that's happening, I'm not gonna focus on Snapchat or mm -hmm. not gonna focus on posting so much content to Instagram. I would post it my TikToks to stories on Instagram. But other than that, I literally did, okay, I need to post a video today. What am I gonna do it about? You know, because it was that was back when TikTok was like, if you posted regularly, you could, you know, build momentum and people mm -hmm. would be, get familiar with you. Um, and, you know, Charlie D'Amelio did that and, you know, Addison Ray did that. And I was like, okay, I need to be posting just as much as them. Then I found out that people were posting multiple times a day and I was like, I'm not doing that. So also being like setting your boundary and being like, okay, mm -hmm. if I put out a good story a day, then I can, you know, figure this thing out. But it felt like everyone was finding out about something that they had already found out about. Like all these people were messaging me about like, dude, this song is perfect, perfectly explaining this relationship that I have mm. and ha having people message me about those instances where it's like, this is me and my best friend's song. And now we're dating like that type mm. of thing. Right. It was really interesting to see it connect with people. And I think that was the most fun part of the entire process was seeing how many people actually connected with it and how big it got. Mm. And then seeing people use it as background music because they liked the vibe of it yeah, so yeah. much. That was cool. I think what was really interesting to see too, is that as the song was growing, you were talking about the narrative of the song growing. Yeah. on your account. Like there's a TikTok where you talk about the fact that a large percentage of the listeners were male. <laughs> so you're like, all right guys, everyone who's listening, like play this for some women. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then that actually had an effect. I did not think that was going to work. I did not think that was, oh man. But I pulled something from um, Mark Zuckerberg and in the social network where it was like exclusivity. So I was like, show this to someone who you know has music taste. Only give it to the person oh, who has wow. music taste, a girl with good yes. music taste. So when they did that, it was, first of all, you're making everyone in the room feel special. Oh, I'm sharing something with you and you think I'm special. And then this artist is special. And then now we all feel special. Like this is a song. This is a yeah. moment, you know? That's really sharp. Right? That's also like understanding just human behavior, yeah, you know, and, and human psychology, which mm -hmm. is a lot of what marketing and 
content is. Yeah, exactly. Like make a compliment easy for someone. Yeah. Yeah, right? true. Like give someone that experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Essentially giving them social currency. Mm. Yeah. Which is like how I feel, especially because music is one of those things where it's like, if you know an artist and someone else doesn't, you feel like empowered with the mm. social currency of like, yes. yeah, but you're, you know, you're not on it, but I am. So let me, <laughs> you know, and like back, back when I, I were, I think we're probably about five, seven years older than you. And when we were growing up, like burned CDs were so mm -hmm. big. Like yeah. if someone handed you a burned CD and they would write in Sharpie, like, all the different tracks mm, on top of it. And you're yeah. like, damn, I've never heard of this stuff. And then you were so hyped on that burn CD and you would burn it for someone else and be like, I got the good stuff. I, I remember too, like downloading every song on LimeWire or Kazaa, just to say like, just in case to be like, no, yeah, I've got that one yeah. too. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Yeah. I remember the FrostWire, LimeWire, yep. that piff days. That mm -hmm. was a great, that was a great time. That was a great time. So you were getting millions of streams on Spotify. Was mm. that helping pay the bills? Yeah, I was, it was helping pay the bills um, up until the point of, I had to quit my job and then I filmed that on TikTok. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the thing I watched and I was like, this is so fascinating, man. Yeah. Um, and you were also living in this living room. Yeah. That was, that your room was separated by a blanket. Mm -hmm. And there was so much story there oh, that wow. you were covering on TikTok that you were like, I work at Verizon. Mm -hmm. I live in this living room. My, I don't have a door. I have a blanket. And my song is going viral. Like what a complex moment in time. Hearing you say it out loud yeah. makes it... I can understand why people got yeah. attached to it. Because <laughs> yeah. for me, it was just like a Tuesday. I was yeah. like, let me just swipe my blanket to the left and go eat breakfast. But for other people, they either really related to it or they were like wow, I could never imagine doing that, you know? I felt mm. like I was watching a movie. I was like, this is a movie about <laughs> yeah. an artist who's about to make it. And I think there was also a lot of um, ownership in mm. someone who was watching mm. and who was a fan of the music and being like, I got to help him mm. make it yeah. because I'm watching what he's living through. And I think <laughs> this dude should make it. Hell yeah. And I think that was one of the coolest things mm. that you did was open up your world to people and say, this is what it looks like. Yeah. This is what it looks like to have a hit song <laughs> for me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> true, true. I didn't even think about it like that. And yeah, that, yeah. that I think is, is what's super interesting. So you make enough money on Spotify to leave Verizon. Mm -hmm. At that point, are you thinking like, I could do this independently? Cause like I got the marketing engine for myself. I got monetization. Mm. I could probably figure this out. I'm a marketing guy. It seems like TikTok is a radio station, right? Mm -hmm. That you can, oh, that sure. you can figure out how to use the algorithm or use mm -hmm. your content to, to find distribution. So how did you think about it at that moment? Were you like, I'm going to be an independent artist or because Capitol Records and all these different record labels are mm -hmm. calling you, were you attracted to that? Or what yeah. was the decision between independent I, and- I wasn't even attracted to, <clears throat> cause I've been around, you know, the industry long enough to know what deals are and like what they mean and like what ownership means. And that's why I'm kind of scared for like anyone who's new. That's like super young. These like 17 year old kids, which I'm not even scared because they all have like huge teams and like managers now, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like I knew for a fact that I wanted to own my masters and like own everything and have creative control and do everything myself and with my team. So that means the people that I had trusted creatively already, they were going to be in tr control of like what's going to happen next. And also with, from my direction. Cause I'm the CEO of this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like this, <laughs> this is, this is what's going to happen if I say it happens. And another thing was I knew going into the, going into this, that music is not the way that I'm going to make money. And I think the yeah. artists kind of get this backwards where they think, Oh, if I have a hit song, then I can move out and do this, this, and this. You can do that if you want to, but it depends on your end goal. And my end goal is to make it as big as possible. Um, and I think that it is impossible for an independent artist to get their song played on a radio station in some random 
um, hole in the wall restaurant in China. You can't do that if you're an independent artist because that's only an industry thing. You, you have to go through the radio stations mm. for them to collect royalties on that publishing that is in these other countries, mm. international. You have to go get international radio teams that have campaigns and stuff like that, do interviews internationally. So a label, that's the one thing that they're really, really good at. That's why Drake signed with Capitol Records because he, he doesn't need a label. He has a bunch of money. But in order to be heard all around the world, be the biggest name in the world, you have to have a radio team. At least that's my opinion. It, some other people might have their other opinion. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make money in various different ways. Music doesn't have to be the number one way. I'm going to get, you know, obviously a portion of it. But I think that the biggest thing about making music in general, in general is ownership. So as long as I have ownership, I don't really care what happens. So I just, whenever I would talk to any record labels, it was like, are you going to let me own everything? And they'd be like, uh, no. And then, and then the only person who did was Aris Records and they gave me like ownership and they, then that's who I'm working with now. They're great, by the way. Like crazy fact is that we've actually know your team from previous projects. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. When they emailed us and they were like, yo, what's up guys? And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So if music is in the way that mm -hmm. you're going to make money, how do you make money? You make money through shows. Music is literally just promotion going to these huge venues and playing music. So that's why all these musicians were like, oh God, what do we do right now? Cause we can't tour, we can't make money. That's the main way that you make money through merch and through touring. So for me, I was living at the lowest means possible, AKA the, the living room. And that helps you be so much more free. People, people look at that as like, oh no, what are you gonna do? I look at that as like, if something goes wrong, like what can go wrong? I already are living in a living room. If I go to a different living room, <laughs> is that the worst thing in the world? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I didn't have a lot of stuff. I didn't have a lot of, like a lot of clothes and stuff. I had a couple bags. It makes you super mobile and super independent to be able to do anything you want. You can, you can switch jobs whenever you mm. want. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I had so many jobs because I didn't care about how much they were paying me. I just needed some money. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I didn't want to, you know, go all the way into a corporate job where it takes all of your time. So I could do part-time jobs and I didn't want to work at a bar. So it was like, okay, let's do what I want to do, get by and make music. Being stuck inside for the last year and building your brand digitally has mm. created this, you know, there's a fan base and there's also a lot of tension in this feeling of, man, I love these songs. Mm. I like this dude. I follow him. Now you're going to get to go on stage. Yeah. And you have a lot of songs that are also anthemic in a way of like, hey, okay, people love to sing that. Like yeah. my wife sings that all the time. <laughs> it's catchy. It's fun to sing. Stuck in the middle is fun to sing. Drugs. Mm. I can imagine at a music festival, people are going to be screaming that, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're about to go play Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. You got some live shows coming up. So yeah. talk about like, how does the Ty Veritas brand show up on stage? Like what is that performance look like? Are you excited? How does that feel? I think that this is going to be absolutely insane. The fact that I have done all this imaginary stuff, like mm. you guys are the first person I've like <laughs> done an interview with in person. <laughs> Everything has been through zoom. Oh, wow. yeah. uh, all these imaginary numbers like Spotify, what is yeah. a stream? Like how, who's, who's right. collecting that stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like everything has been imaginary, not imaginary. Yeah. Kind of imaginary, I guess. And now when everything's being a physical and like seeing everyone come together. I did a little pop-up show in Venice just for fun, mm -hmm. uh, doing like a little tie-dye event for people. And 
Having, I walked by that event, by the way, at the really? waterfront. Yeah, yeah, at the waterfront. <laughs> I just happened to be walking with my girlfriend and I hear someone to the right of me go, oh my God, that's Ty Veritas. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And I look over and you start playing a song at the waterfront. I was like, that's crazy. Wow. I was like, oh, he's he's going to be on my show next yes. week. Like, this Why is you so, should have came through? What happened? She was like, are you going to talk to him? And I was like, I don't, it's like pretty packed in there. Like, it was like raging. Like people were like really like excited. Yeah, dude, people were excited. That was the best part is that the people who listen to my music, I think they're just ready to scream it. Yes. That's the totally. best part. And they better be ready because I'm screaming it at them. So it's kind of like intimidating if you're just like, <laughs> I'm just like, sometimes I do drugs. You know what I'm saying? That's a little intimidating. Yeah, you got to yeah, join gotta in or we're going to have a little awkwardness. Yeah. But honestly, I think the best part is that we're going to go from me singing in my car to my literal first time being at a festival. It will be Lollapalooza, dude. Like I would have never been to a festival before. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's exactly. only in the age of like yeah. TikTok during a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Does that happen? The only yeah. live show that I've been to was a John Legend show. And it was like a, sh- Wait, what do you mean? The only live show you've been to? Yeah. I don't go to in live total. Yeah, you in just total. mean like you like, don't go to, yeah, I don't go to live to a shows concert? like that. No, I, I've been to t- two concerts, maybe. You know, that's crazy. I, I grew up like living yeah, at yeah, concerts, same. man. I didn't go yeah. to concerts like that. You know, Super I just was never a fan of like being so tall in those type <laughs> of situations, bro. The person bro. behind me, yeah, but just basically wasted their money. We were, by, by the way, we were, we were the people. Behind I was the people you. behind yeah. you because <laughs> so my wife and I, we really like John Mayer. Yeah, love John Mayer, and I was like, I'm gonna treat her to floor seats mm-hmm. at John Mayer. So spent all this money on floor seats not thinking about the fact that I'm the tall one in our relationship and I'm, oh, I'm five, seven to camera, but I'm five, six really. Uh, <laughs> and we get on the floor and everyone's Ty Veritas in front of us. And I'm like, wow. Oh my God, I should have gotten us nosebleeds so we could see. Yeah, so that's man. why I guess you don't go to concerts. Yeah, dude. I just am super empathetic. That dude. Yeah. It's very nice of yeah. you. To yeah. people, the short Kings out here. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. until you're on stage. Will you go to a concert? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Lollapalooza is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. That's going to be super exciting because yeah. you're going to also connect with a lot of other musicians, which mm-hmm. will be really cool, but you're also playing some other shows Yeah, and you're headlining as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can understand here, it's sold out. Yeah. Like we can't even come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen is I'm going to go on tour with, uh, Mike, which is Quinn 92 and Chelsea Cutler. And that's going to be cool. Cause it's going to be like 10,000 cap rooms. Yeah. Um, not cap rooms, but like shed tour type yeah, yeah, deal. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm doing my own headline tour and that sold out in like a day, which is cool. That's crazy. Yeah. And then we're going to go back where, out. Are you playing here in LA? Yeah. Playing here in LA where, with Quinn and by myself. Where at? Where? I honestly don't even look at the venue name. Okay. We'll put it on, we'll put it on screen. Yeah. We'll put it on screen right now. Oh, wow. That's cool. But I've, I've seen, I've just, that's how, you know, I don't go to concerts. I don't even know the concert venues anywhere in the world. Like people talk about like these places or these people like in the industry, like songwriters or producers. And I just haven't been in the industry long enough to like even know what's going on or how important those things are. So what song uh, do you want to play today? Oh, shoot. What is your request? Give me some options. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Uh, I think dr- drugs. I think drugs yeah. acoustic is really cool, oh, but dope. I think AOK is also great. I man, think you got some requests. Two, I got requests, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, also Fake Profits kind of got that vibe, but I think the, the other two songs are more widely, like people can sing along. To Stuck them. in the Middle, obviously, too, is the origin yeah. story, and we spend a lot of time talking about it. So. <laughs> it's up to you if you want to play the full you, actually, album. I think what if I just surprise yeah. you? I, me and Adam yeah. will decide. This is your choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or play the AYTO song, the Perfect Match song. I don't, I don't even know just how to do play that, that anymore. <laughs> I don't, I, wait, I might be able to. Uh, 
I don't know. All right, so we're going to have Adam come to the studio. We're going to set up these cameras right now, and Ty's going to play a song for us. Hell yeah, let's You got it. any last words while we're uh, finishing up the interview? Um, last words. Hmm. Let's, let me see if I can do something inspirational. Great. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, Good. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I've said this before, but life is super long, and people try to convince you that it's short. So when you're deciding things, know that they're all long-term, and you can't be doing shit that you don't like for a long time. That's all I got to say. <laughs> wow, that was great. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Hell yeah. That was great, man. Well, Ty, yeah. thanks for coming on the show, and I Perfect. can't wait to uh, hear what you're about to play. Let's get it. All right, everyone, for the first time on the Colin and Samir show, we have Ty Verdes here playing his hit single from his debut album, TV. Ty's going to play Drugs. Pretty good, man. <laughs> for first, that was great. That was for first time. That was great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna tell my mom I smoked this weed. Yeah. I don't wanna tell my daddy who call me weak. Uh, I don't wanna be the blackest of the sheep. Missing that call every single week. I don't wanna say. Uh, sometimes I do drugs Not hard ones, just ones that change my mind up Drugs, can't find us If you think I'm gone, I'm just doing drugs Not hard ones, just ones that change my mind up Don't mind me if I lie to Only need a sort of kind of Drugs, la da 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 da, oh la da 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 da, drugs, la da 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 da, uh, listen, uh, sometimes I don't care, sometimes I cry too, sometimes life's a little hard to get used to, occasionally I forget to sleep, remind myself that I gotta eat three times a day this week, try not to clench my teeth, got a little OCD, listen to the CDC, when I'm feeling uneasy, sometimes I do drugs, not hard ones, just ones that change my mind. Find drugs can't find us. If you think I'm gone, I'm just doing drugs. Not hard ones, just ones that change my mind up. Don't mind me if I light up. Only need a sorta kinda drugs. La da 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 da, la da 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 da. Drugs, la da 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 da. Break it down. Drugs, not hard ones, just ones that change my mind up. Drugs, can't find us. If you think I'm gone, I'm just doing drugs. Not hard ones, just ones that change my mind up. Don't mind me if I light up. Only need a sort of kind of drugs. La da 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 da, oh, la da 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 da, drugs. La da 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 da, oh, la da 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 da, drugs. La da 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 da. La da 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 da, drugs. La da 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 da, oh, sometimes I do drugs.